The fact that God finds the practice of communicating with the dead so evil that he put the death penalty on it suggests that all mediums aren't just tricksters trying to fool people to get an extra dollar. Hello and welcome to the Millennial Apologist Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and in this episode, we will be continuing our series on strange Bible passages. The passage we will discuss is 1 Samuel 28, verses 11 to 16. On the biblical timeline, this passage is describing an event which occurred approximately 1,000 years before Jesus was born. The context of this passage is that King Saul is having military difficulties, and so he decides to consult a witch for some supernatural help. It is important to note that Saul had disguised himself before approaching the witch so that she would not recognize him as the current king of Israel. This is significant because the Torah forbids communicating with dead spirits, this practice is known as necromancy, in Deuteronomy 18.11, and 1 Samuel 28.3 tells us that Saul had actively gotten rid of witches and mediums in Israel. Because Samuel had already died at this point in time, Saul asks the witch to bring up Samuel's soul from the dead so that he may ask him for wisdom. 1 Samuel 28 verses 11 to 16 state that, The woman said, Who shall I bring up to you? And Saul said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what did you see? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said to her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man comes up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground, and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answers me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may make known unto me what I shall do. Then Samuel said, Why then do you ask of me, seeing as the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And that's the passage. Now, the questions we will discuss about this passage include the following. 1. Can mediums actually communicate with the souls of dead humans? 2. Why was the woman so freaked out when she saw Samuel? And how did seeing Samuel suddenly give her clarity that it was Saul that she was talking to? And three, why did the woman say that she saw gods ascending out of the earth? It should be noted that I'm reading from the King James translation of the Bible. However, other translations provide the same idea here. For example, the NASB says, I see a divine being coming up from the earth. And the ESV says, I see a God coming up out of the earth. 
So regardless of the translation, it's the same idea. The witch says she sees some sort of god or gods coming up from the earth. Let's start with the first question, which is, can mediums actually communicate with the souls of the dead? The text is clear here that the soul of Samuel was truly brought up from the grave. It makes no mention that the figure was a demon who was impersonating Samuel or anything like that. 1 Samuel 28 verse 20 explicitly notes that Saul fell down and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. So the text is plainly saying that this really is Samuel who was brought up from the grave. And it must be noted that there is a heresy known as soul sleep, which asserts that the souls of dead humans are unconscious until the bodily resurrection. While false religions that push the idea of soul sleep, most notably the Seventh-day Adventists and the Jehovah Witnesses, will claim that this is a spirit impersonating Samuel, this is completely contrary to what the text actually says. God is plainly telling us here that Samuel himself was brought up from the grave. It must be noted that this is the only instance recorded in the Bible of a medium actually attempting to contact the supernatural realm. All of the other passages concerning mediums in the Bible are instructions to stay away from them and banish them from the land. For example, God says in Leviticus 20 verse 27, that a man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Second Kings 21 verse 6 records that King Manasseh made his son pass through the fire, practice soothsaying, used witchcraft, and consulted spiritists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. The fact that God finds the practice of necromancy so evil that he put the death penalty on it suggests that all mediums aren't just tricksters trying to fool people to get an extra dollar. The Bible treats this practice as very serious, which implies that some people do have the ability to communicate with the supernatural. However, whether they can truly communicate with the souls of dead humans is debated. Because of the Bible's description of the afterlife, especially in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, as told by Jesus in Luke 16, it seems pretty clear that once somebody has died and their soul goes directly to either heaven or hell, it is impossible without God's permission for their soul to leave this location until the final resurrection. Jesus said in Revelation 1.18 that he has the keys of hell and of death. There's a popular misconception that the devil is in charge of hell, but that is not a true idea. As we discussed in the podcast dealing with hell and the lake of fire, we see that God is in charge of both heaven and hell, and the devil will actually suffer in hell for eternity himself. Therefore, I believe that when mediums are interacting with the supernatural, they are actually communicating with demonic spirits which pretend to be deceased people. 
There are plenty of stories about mediums supposedly contacting the souls of the deceased loved ones of their clients, and the evidence of their legitimacy is usually found in that the spirits they are talking with tell the mediums intimate details that only the client and their loved one could know about. For example, say a client's deceased grandmother was named Mary and had a scar on her left shoulder. The medium may say that they are seeing a spirit that has a scar on their left shoulder and that the name of the spirit starts with an M. Though the details given by mediums are usually somewhat vague, sometimes they are too specific to be correct by guesswork alone. Because demonic spirits could gain access to such detailed knowledge of human beings, I believe that they impersonate deceased loved ones in order to communicate lies to people who are still living. For example, if a spirit impersonated the soul of a deceased loved one who was not a Christian, and they said that they were in a place of paradise, then the family members of that loved one may be convinced that one does not need to be a Christian to go to heaven when they die, thus creating a major stumbling block from them ever understanding and accepting the gospel of Jesus. Though I do take the position that mediums only interact with demonic spirits who pretend to be the souls of deceased humans, I also believe that God made an exception in Samuel's case because as I stated earlier, the text is clear that the soul that was brought up from the dead really was Samuel. However, believing that this was a rare exception actually leads us into the second question we will answer, which is, why was the woman so freaked out when she saw Samuel, and how did seeing Samuel suddenly give her clarity that it was Saul she was talking to? I believe the answer to this question is that the witch had only communicated with demonic spirits until this point. So the fact that the actual soul of Samuel appeared to her was a new experience which terrified her. Perhaps the significance of this new experience also made her assume that she was talking to Saul because of his elite profile as the king of Israel. Though the Bible is not completely dogmatic on this topic, I believe that this is the best explanation as to why she suddenly became terrified and was made aware of Saul's presence. And again, I think that given the Bible's description of the afterlife, God usually does not allow mediums to actually communicate with the souls of the dead. Our third question to look at is, why did the woman say she saw gods or a god? ascending out of the earth. One answer may be that the woman simply called the spirits she saw gods because she was so unfamiliar with what was going on and was simply mistaken. After all, though every statement in the Bible is true, sometimes the Bible truthfully records humans as saying inaccurate things. The Bible is inerrant, but humans are not. However, I think there's a much better answer to this question. Before diving into this answer, I need to give a shout out to Dr. Michael Heiser and his book titled The Unseen Realm, because that book does an excellent job at giving clarity to many of these supernatural passages in the Bible. 
And he also hosts a podcast, which is available on Spotify, called The Naked Bible Podcast. The majority of what I'm about to share with you was made known to me by reading Heiser's book titled The Unseen Realm. It's also important to note that there are multiple positions one can have on this topic. This is by no means a core doctrinal issue. I'm just sharing the position which I think makes the most sense, given the evidence. First, it is important to note that the word translated as gods here, or a god, is the Hebrew word Elohim. When we think of the word God, we automatically think of one supernatural being who created the heavens and earth and all that is in them. However, the Hebrew word Elohim does not necessarily mean God in that sense. Michael Heiser notes in his book, The Unseen Realm, that since Elohim is so often translated God, we look at the Hebrew word the same way we look at the capitalized G-O-D. When we see the word God, we instinctively think of a divine being with a unique set of attributes, omnipresence, omnipotence, sovereignty, and so on. But this is not how a biblical writer thought about the term. Biblical authors did not assign a specific set of attributes to the word Elohim. That is evident when we observe how they use the word. Heiser then gives examples of how the word Elohim is used. More than 2,000 times the word Elohim occurs, which is the vast, vast majority. It is specifically referring to Yahweh, which is exactly what Christians typically mean when they think of the word God with a capital G. However, there is a small handful of other instances where the word Elohim clearly does not refer to Yahweh. Aside from the example we have just seen, where the witch of Endor refers to Samuel's soul as Elohim, there's also Judges 11.24 and 1 Kings 11.33, which refer to the gods of other nations as Elohim. In 1 Kings 11.33, the prophet Ahijah says that, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, they have forsaken me, and have worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Shemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon. And it must be noted that the word translated goddess and god in this passage is Elohim. So, God here is referring to the gods of other nations as Elohim. And this relates to the first commandment of the Ten Commandments, which can be found in Exodus 20, verses 2 to 3. God states here that I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It should be noted that while the word translated as God or gods in the Old Testament is typically the Hebrew word Elohim, the word translated as Lord, with all uppercase letters, is the Hebrew word Yahweh, which is the name of God with a capital G, specifically the God of Israel, the one true creator of all things in heaven and earth. When God gives this commandment to Israel here and says that I am the Lord thy God, he's basically telling Israel that 
I am Yahweh, your Elohim, and that you shall have no other Elohim before me. While we will touch on this more in depth in the next episode, the gods of other nations were not just imaginary. There were actual spiritual beings which ruled over these nations. That's why the Old Testament commands Israelites to turn away from these other gods and to destroy any idols made to them, as can be seen in Deuteronomy 12 verse 3. Furthermore, the fact that there are spiritual rulers of these other nations provides an explanation as to why God and the Old Testament prophets mock these other gods with such severity. In Jeremiah 10 verses 10 to 11, for example, God says that the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall you say unto them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. And this passage here, when it starts out by saying, the Lord is the true God, it's saying, Yahweh is the true Elohim. He is the living Elohim. And that these other Elohim, which pagan nations worship, they have not made the heavens and the earth, and they will also perish, because Yahweh is the only all-powerful, ultimate Elohim. Elohim are simply inhabitants of the spiritual realm. There's a popular book that came out a few years ago titled God Has a Name by John Mark Comer, which does a great job of touching on the subject of Elohim. Comer explains on page 80 of his book that an Elohim is an invisible but real spiritual creature. Because it was Samuel's soul that came up from the grave, the witch describes him as an Elohim. While some creatures are primarily spiritual for their existence, think of the devil, angels, and demons, humans start out as existing in the earthly realm. But then when we die, we only exist spiritually in either heaven or hell until the day when everyone's souls will be reunited with their resurrected bodies. Therefore, one could apply this definition of Elohim to the disembodied soul of a deceased human being. While Yahweh is an Elohim, because John 4.24 specifically tells us that God is a spirit, Yahweh is unique among the Elohim because he alone is the God of the universe. When the witch said that she saw gods, or a god, ascending up from the earth, she was not expressing a belief in polytheism or anything like that. Likewise, when God says to have no other gods before him, this does not support any view of polytheism. Instead, it illuminates the reality that a spiritual realm exists and there are spiritual beings who have the ability to interact with humans. Though there are multiple spiritual beings, Yahweh created them all, so they are all ultimately subject to him. Therefore, Yahweh is the only true God, with a capital G, because he alone created the heavens and the earth, and he alone possesses attributes such as omnipresence, omnipotence, etc. 
So to steer this conversation back to our final question about this strange Bible passage, why did the witch say that she saw gods ascending out of the earth? The answer is that the word translated as gods in this passage, or a god, is Elohim. With this view of Elohim in mind that we just discussed in this episode, this passage now makes sense. So, to summarize our strange Bible passage, which can be found in 1 Samuel 28, verses 11 to 16, mediums are usually unable to actually communicate with the souls of the dead. I believe that mediums are typically communicating with demonic spirits when they engage in such practices. However, the Bible is clear that God did allow the soul of Samuel to rise from the dead and communicate with Saul here. Believing that this instance was just a rare exception is supported by the witch's shocking response when she actually saw Samuel's soul coming up from the earth. Though the witch said that she saw gods coming up from the earth, or a god, her statement here is not a promotion of polytheism. Instead, the Hebrew word translated as gods is Elohim. Elohim are beings that typically exist in the spiritual realm. When a human being dies a physical death, they only exist in the spiritual realm until the bodily resurrection at the end of this age. Therefore, every deceased human can be labeled Elohim. Even though certain Elohim appear to be able to interact with the earthly realm quite frequently, the view of heaven and hell presented in the Bible demonstrates that human Elohim, which are the souls of deceased people, are unable to do so because God is the only one who holds the keys to death and hell. And this is why the soul of Samuel is referred to as an Elohim here. Though there are beings that exist in the spiritual realm, and these beings can interact with humans, such as the devil, angels, and demons, Yahweh is unique among the Elohim because he alone created all things and has power over all things. Yahweh is the only true God. Yahweh is the only God with a capital G because he alone created all things as can be seen in John 1 and multiple other verses. And that is all we have time for in this episode. I hope this episode has helped add some clarity to the passage about Saul and the Witch of Endor. And if you enjoyed this episode, then you will really love the next episode. In our next episode, we will discuss a third strange Bible passage that is heavily concerned with the Elohim. Until then, I pray that you continue to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, and I'll see you next time. Bye.